Where did the lightning come from? Where did the ooze come from? Where, what exploded? Something came from something in all of those theories. But the Bible said, ex nihilo, out of nothing comes something. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the author of Why Life Hurts and co-author of Evangelism Made Simple. Hi, welcome to In Grace and welcome to a new week and welcome to a new month. It's October 2nd and we're excited because we're serving the Lord here and we're excited that we're able to bring you some good content either on the In Grace radio program or our podcast. And if you are listening to the radio, we have about 550 radio stations that carry In Grace Monday through Thursday or weekend. We also have a podcast and you can get that on basically any podcast outlet just search for In Grace, and there you can get them delivered right to your smart device. And a lot of you will listen when you can, or you're running or exercising in the car whenever. And that way, it's a little more convenient. It fits your schedule better. But uh, we're glad that you're listening however you are listening. And we're also in a brand new series called Is the Old Testament Obsolete? And my title today is Don't Make Me Out of a Monkey. I'm really pushing back against evolution and the paradigm where people say uh, we came about by by random process and chance. Why? Because it would be full of death and disease and cancer. And that's not what God created. The Bible tells us how we got here. And the Old Testament is very integral to our faith in the New Testament era, the church age. And so we better know what it is. People have been minimizing the Old Testament, and I want to make sure we put it where it needs to be. Uh, relevant, important, is something we need to know. So we're going to use a New Testament passage today, Mark 10, 6, to springboard back into the Old Testament and talk about creation. Uh, also, we're going to use an obsolete item, something that I know what it is, you know what it is, maybe, uh, but your kids and grandkids don't know what it is. And so today's obsolete item is a pager or a beeper. I know I had one, so I thought I was pretty cool back then. Uh, so we're going to have a kid come up and see if they can tell us what it is. And it's kind of funny. Also today, I'm going to be playing a clip from a video, an In Grace video about human ingenuity and artistry. And I'm going to be in an ice museum up in Fairbanks, Alaska. So you're going to enjoy that as well. Don't forget, In Grace is coming to you. We've been talking about coming to Mitchell, South Dakota, and Phoenix, Arizona. And we have dates. We're coming. Uh, we're bringing a team. I'll be there, my wife, our music, our food. And so we're excited to have this wonderful time on a Saturday with you. And it's free. We just want to meet you and get to know you and minister to you. So those of you that live in the Dakotas, check out the Mitchell, South Dakota Gather in Grace event in October, and that's at the Corn Palace, by the way. Those of you in the area, you know exactly where that is. I've never been there, but I'm excited to be there. Uh, and then also, we're going to be in Phoenix, Arizona in February. So get your free ticket at ingraceradio.com. The Old Testament has such epic stories, doesn't it? That's why I'm excited to study it, and it's going to be amazing. But we call it old. Does that mean it's old, meaning irrelevant? Can, can, can we actually learn something from the Old Testament that will help us today? How is that possible for such an ancient book? Well, fortunately, we serve a God who is outside of time, and all of man's problems are basically the same. 5,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 20 years ago, our problems are almost always the same. And so the answers coming from the Creator uh, are timeless. 
So let's talk about obsolescence. Do you ever feel like you're going obsolete? Uh, it seems to me like sometimes we do. So as we've been doing in this series, I've been asking you to contribute something that you used, but your kids or grandkids might not know what it is. Okay, so I have something else uh, hidden under the mystery table. I need a kid to come up and help me decide what this is. So raise your hand if you're a kid and you want to come up. Okay, come on up. Yep. All right. Are you ready for this? You're not, are you? Okay. So when I unveil it, I want you to, to look at it and, and tell us if you know what it is, and then if you know what it is, tell us how you think it works. Ready? A timer. A timer. Okay, you can, you can actually pick it up and look at it. You don't know what this is? Okay. How many of you know what this is? Okay. So how many of you had one? Right? So i just tell you this. In the 80s, this was the thing to have. 3.2 million people at its height had a pager. Most of them were Motorola. It's a critical communication device. I know that doesn't seem like that to you. But first responders, doctors, pastors... Um, would carry, if you, if you needed to, to get a message and you're out in the field and you needed to get a message, this would beep. And it would display, at least on the one I had, this one doesn't work, but it would have a phone number. And you would call the number and they would tell you what the message was. It's a one-way communication device. Pretty cool, huh? Pretty high tech. You like that thing? You want to hear the sound again? You don't want to hear the sound she thought it was a timer, so that's pretty cool. Okay, put that back on the table. We're going to give you a huge hand and 20 bucks. <laughs> so anyways, uh, things uh, are going obsolete, but Isaiah 40 verse 8 tells us, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. You believe that? Amen. So we have something here that's not going to go obsolete. And when we use the word old, does that mean that we're saying it's, it's out of date, it's old, meaning it's not useful to us anymore? No, it just means that we have a New Testament. In other words, that uh, since Jesus came and uh, his, his apostles, many of them were penmen, moved along by the Holy Spirit to write Scripture, and, and others gave us what we call the New Testament, but it doesn't mean the Old Testament is obsolete at all. Some teach this. There's a very popular television radio personality that is teaching this. Not, he's not saying that it's obsolete, but he's certainly minimizing the Old Testament. And I think there has to be a balance, right? We certainly are living in a different day, a different age, uh, where, where we're not going to a temple, we're not sacrificing animals as they, they did during that time. But there's so many principles and so many projections from that time till Christ and beyond that we have to know what it says. We cannot ignore the Old Testament, especially in our modern day when we have turned everything that God said upside down. It's incredible to me how many of those things we find that God has said in the very first verses of the Bible. Uh, he's laid things out, like how do we get here? He, he laid out uh, marriage. He laid out gender. He, all of this is, is purely laid out 
in the very first pages of our Bible. So if we don't know that section of the Bible, then we're not going to have good answers for people. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look at first something in the New Testament. We're going to use that as a springboard to jump over to find out where that is in the Old Testament. For instance, Romans 11 verse 36 is talking about of the Lord or of God, for of him, the Lord, and through him, so of him, through him, and to him are all things. That verse clearly tells us that we're here not by accident. We're not here by random processes over millions of years. We're here for a purpose. We're here for a reason. Step into the captivating world of ancient history and discover the inspiring story of David the Shepherd King. As a token of his gratitude for your amazing support, Jim Scudder Jr. is thrilled to offer you an exclusive, beautifully crafted Psalm 23 bookmark, absolutely free. This elegant keepsake is a symbol of our appreciation for your generosity. And when you give a gift of $35 or more, you'll receive not just one, but five Psalm 23 bookmarks and the engaging DVD series, Discover Hidden Israel 4, all about David, the Shepherd King. When you give a generous gift of $250 or more, you will also receive a limited edition canvas print portraying David the Shepherd King. To claim these remarkable gifts, call 800-78-GRACE. Go to ingraceradio.com or write to ingrace. P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Again, that's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com. On day one, the Bible tells us that God created Space, time, and matter. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, that's time. The heavens, that's space. Matter is the earth. And from those things, he created light on day one. And from those things, he created everything else. Day two, he divided the waters from above, from the waters from the below, with the rekia, the firmament. On day three, he created the land. He created the, the things that would uh, adorn the land, the grass, the, the herbs, the, the, the plants, the trees. On day four, he created the sun and moon and stars. By the way, if you think each day of creation was an age of millions of years that God used evolution to create, what do you do with that? God created the plants and the trees on day three, and day four, he created the sun. So there's a big problem with that, right? You say, well, you know, how was there light on day one and the sun on day four? Well, there's light. Uh, God is light. Jesus is light, right? Uh, there's plenty of supernatural occurrences of light in the scriptures. So God created a supernatural, uh, maybe even a temporary light source. And then on day four, he created the sun, moon, and stars. The Hubble telescope uh, astounded us when they aimed it at a dark place in the sky and, and left the shutter open for a long time and found out that there were hundreds of galaxies. Each galaxy has 100 or 2 billion stars in it. And that little patch of the sky we thought that was, was black Billions and billions and billions of stars. And now we have the James Webb telescope and it is blowing them away. The bigger the telescope, the better the microscope, the more astounded we are at the vastness and complexity of our creation. So friends, these advances in science is actually hurting the evolutionists. It is. Because they can't believe what they're finding. Okay. So God created the sun, moon, and stars. And when it says he created the stars, he created the stars also. It's kind of like, oh, by the way, 
A number of stars is the sand of the sea. How would we have known that? The Bible says that. How would we know that? With our eyes, how many stars can you see? Thousands. When we got telescopes, you, you, we suddenly realized there was more than thousands. But we never, ever thought there would be as many stars as grains of sand in the sea. But now we know there are. The Bible knew that thousands of years ago. That's why I have great trust in this book. Okay, all of it. All of it. So day five, God filled the skies. God filled the water. Birds, uh, fish, incredible creatures. I love uh, to fly. I love to get into the air. I love to dive. I like to go into the water, places that God did not necessarily intend us to be. But incredible things in the sky and under the sea. Day six, he created the animals, the, the creatures of the land. And then we come to verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1. And God said, and I'm just going to give you a little Hebrew. This is Elohim. Okay, Elohim is plural. Said, this verb said is singular. Let us, obviously a plural pronoun, make man in our image. So we have, we have plural and we have singular in the same phrase. Elohim, plural, said, singular. Let us make man in our image. So what are we seeing here? Well, we Christians believe this is a reference to the three in one, the Trinity, one God, not three gods, one God, three persons, Father, Son, Spirit, all co-equal, co-eternal, different uh, responsibilities, but they're all, they're all one God. And we see it here in the very early pages of Scripture. Well, some people say, well, um, that's the, uh, they call it an editorial we, you know, uh, and I've actually done this before. I was flying by myself and you're talking to the controllers on the radio, and uh, you, I don't even know why. Sometimes instead of saying I, I would say we. And I don't know why would you do it. Maybe it's because you're lonely in the airplane. You don't want to feel like there's more people in there than, than just yourself. But it's, it's actually quite common to say we instead of I. Is it the editorial us and our? No, God wouldn't do that. God is accurate. God is particular with what he says. Some people say, well, it's, it's God in his majesty. He, he can't just say me or I because he's so majestic and, and so creative. And believe me, he's majestic and creative. But again, he's not going to say we or us if it's just him, if there's one. Okay? So we have three Elohim with a singular verb, said. Okay. And some people would point out in the Hebrew, there are places that that happens. But let me tell you this, it happens again in chapter 3. Okay, This is a reoccurring theme, and then we find it throughout Scripture. You see the Spirit of God. You see one like the Son of God in the Old Testament. Of course, in the New Testament, we find the Father, Son, and Spirit at the baptism of Jesus, don't we? Three in one. This is an important point that I don't want to gloss over, and it really helps us understand the Scripture. The plurality of persons within the nature of one God. And then uh, verse 26 of Genesis 1 continues, and let them have dominion. This is the, the creatures that he's going to make in his image, in their image. These creatures that are going to be in the image of God are going to have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth. 
over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So this is what we were designed for. This is why we were here. God created all the things for us to enjoy and for us to rule and, and maintain and give him glory and fellowship with him and all of these things. Look at verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. So we're made in the image of God. Now that's kind of hard for us to understand, but I know this tells me several things. Number one, we are different than everything else he created. We are not descendants of apes or monkeys or even ooze, ooze. The problem with evolution, the problem with the Big Bang is that you still have something exploding. You have something developing. You have ooze that's hit by lightning is kind of, kind of how they say life began after billions of years after the Big Bang, so-called. Where did the lightning come from? Where did the ooze come from? Where, what exploded? Something came from something in all of those theories. But the Bible said ex nihilo, out of nothing comes something. And, and God can do that, can't he? God can do that. So how are we like God? Well, we know we're different than the animals. We are not descendants of animals. If you tell people, if you tell teenagers that they came from animals, they're going to start acting like animals. Why are we having the problems that we're having in our society today? Because we've told them that they're random accidents, that they're descendants of animals. How are we like God? How is it that we are like God? We're not God. Some people take that too far, don't they? And that was actually part of the first sin with Adam and Eve. The devil used that temptation, do you want to be like God? He's holding back on you. He's not, he's not giving you everything he could give you. That's the lie. We're going to examine that lie today in the, in the context of gender. So how are we like God? Well, someone wrote it this way, and I, I believe I couldn't have said it any better. And they said, we are like God in three different ways. First of all, we're like God mentally. We are made with the ability to reason. This is how we're different than any other creature. We have the ability to reason. We are made with the ability to choose. We are a reflection of God's intellect and freedom. Let me illustrate that with real-life examples. Anytime someone invents a machine, the quote continues, writes a book, paints a landscape, enjoys a symphony, calculates a sum, or names a pet, he or she is proclaiming the fact that we are mentally made in God's image. Do you see the monkeys sitting down and enjoying symphonies from instruments that they've created and, and songs that they've written? You do not see that. We are different, very, very different. We are made in the image of God mentally. One of our In Grace episodes that I very much enjoyed was a, it was going to be a one-part series to go up to Fairbanks, Alaska in the middle of the winter when it's the coldest and the darkest and to see the Aurora Borealis, the northern lights. And so we went up there, my wife and I, our film crew, and it was an amazing experience. But while I was on the airplane going up there, I was sitting next to a man, and we struck up a conversation. It turns out he is a champion 
world-class ice carver. And he was going to Alaska to Fairbanks for their big international ice carving competition and exposition. I didn't know all of this was happening while we were going to be there, but it was. And so I was amazed at this. How many of you have seen a, a beautiful ice carving? You probably all have. How many of you have seen one? They're incredible. You have to give it to that sculptor. But then I found out not only is this big competition going on, and I was able to interview a bunch of people, but the place we were staying up north of Fairbanks had an ice museum, and inside, even in the summer, they kept it cold enough for all of these beautiful ice carvings to be on display. And I said, can I interview you guys? And they said, sure, the ones that ran it. Here's what I'm going to try to do is show you how we're made in the image of God in the area of creativity. That these animals don't have this ability. They don't have this desire. They don't have this need to, to make things and to make things interesting and beautiful and, and to outdo themselves the next time. Another thing that I said, you know, this ice subliminates. It, it eventually, even though it's cold enough, it's, it shrinks and shrinks and they have to either uh, remake pieces of what's on display if it's in a museum or they have to start all over. I said, what does that feel like as an ice carver for your masterpiece to go away, you know? And so they answer that in this interview. We'll play that now. Also working hard to run the World Ice Art Championships event in Fairbanks was world-class ice sculptor, Steve Bryce. Steve and his wife, Heather, created the Aurora Ice Museum back at the China Hot Springs Resort, where we were staying. Steve, great to have you on today, and looks like you have quite the workshop happening here in Fairbanks. Yeah, what we're doing is uh, we're teaching some people kind of uh, how to sculpt ice. In 96, Kevin and I, we uh, carved two jousting knights. Yeah, we saw and those. We, we have kind of a replica of that at, uh -huh. at the hot springs, but uh, uh, the ones that we did were uh, larger than life size. Wow. Uh, maybe 50% larger than life size. That competition set me on fire, and I've wow. been on fire ever since. Wow. I love creativity because I, I believe it's a gift from God. You know, yes. Where does this come from? Well, it's a gift from God. and Every time I forget that, uh, <laughs> it, it doesn't uh, do me well, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Have you ever wondered about where does creativity come from? Like your desire to do, well, let's try this, or it shows me that we have been created, you know, there's mm -hmm. an amazing intelligence that's creative that wants us to do that too. Yeah. I haven't ever wondered where it came from, I guess. Yeah. It, it's just been always with me. Right. So it's a gift. Yeah. And you know, I think everyone has that in some way, you know, mm -hmm. I'll never be able to do anything like this, but we all have, you know, creativity within us. So I think it speaks to a creator that is like that. You know, he, he loves to see what we what we can come up with, if it's good, you know, if it's something that will bless. And this, this is really you. And I loved being in that ice museum, and I'm excited that we can feature that. By the way, if you want to go watch that In Grace series, it's called Treasures in the Snow, and it was filmed in the winter featuring the Northern Lights in 
Alaska. Also, we're excited because we have a brand new offer, and this is free. I'd like to send you a Psalm 23 bookmark. It has beautiful painting of a shepherd and sheep, and he is our good shepherd, isn't he? And so let me send that to you as my thank you for listening to In Grace. Contact us today, In Grace Radio, or call us at 1-800-78-GRACE. For some of you that want to give a gift to In Grace, we're going to not only send you one bookmark, we're going to send you five. And we're also going to send you the Discover Hidden Israel 4 series that features King David. And we're going to be playing the audio of that on Friday of this week. Now, some of you that can give a large amount, if your gift can be $250 or more, many people are going to hear the gospel because of that investment. And I'm also going to send you not only the bookmarks and the video series, but a beautiful canvas print of a shepherd and sheep at sunset. You're going to want this. Contact us today. Don't forget your Psalm 23 bookmark. Absolutely free. Also, for $35 or more, get five Psalm 23 bookmarks and the engaging DVD series, Discover Hidden Israel 4, all about David, the Shepherd King. When you generously give $250 or more, you will also receive a limited edition canvas print. Call 800-78-GRACE. Go to ingraceradio.com or write to InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us 800 78 Grace or go online ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.